Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for November 24th is Galatians chapters 1 through 3. We're jumping into Galatians now in the chronological plan because likely Paul and Barnabas had been visiting these very people during their journey in Acts chapter 13 and 14, 15, maybe even 16. And there's some dispute about where Galatia was 2,000 years ago. I mean, how far it extended south and west and those types of questions. But everyone agrees it was in what is now northern Turkey. And God had been moving there quite a bit. Paul introduces himself as an apostle. An apostle is one who is sent. The Greek word there is a compound word that comes from apo, which means from or away from, and stelos, which means to prepare or to arrange, to gather up, or even to restrain. So when you put the two together, we have this Greek word apostle. It refers to somebody who is sent away from the one who has given them orders or a very specific task to do. And Paul was just that. He was sent by God, by Jesus Christ, and not by men, he is clear to point out. A lot of people today love titles. They will call themselves apostle or prophet or maybe even just the mere pastor. We should be very careful about appointing ourselves to specific titles. Let God do that. The fact is, earthly titles mean nothing. We can call ourselves whatever we want. We might even be inviting judgment or condemnation upon ourselves by donning titles that our character and calling do not line up with. I would not want to be known as the hypocrite who calls himself an apostle, but is not actually one sent by the Lord Jesus Christ with a mission and specific orders. Paul writes grace to you and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. There is power in our words, and we have the power to impart grace and peace. How much more should we be imparting grace and peace to our family members, to the people we worship God with, to our neighbors, and even our colleagues? grace and peace to you. May you have the grace, may you experience the grace and the favor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wayward child, may you have the peace that that grace brings. In verse 6, Paul says, I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from the one who called you to chase after this false gospel. Paul had seen these people saved. He had seen their reaction to hearing the word of God preached, the gospel shared, the miracles and signs that accompanied his words and the words of Barnabas and Titus and the others who were traveling with them. And yet the people were being tricked, like bewitched, like a spell was cast upon them because they were enslaving themselves once again to being approved by God according to the things they do. Of course, in Acts, we've been reading about this division that took place among the believers about how and whether people need to be circumcised and follow the Old Testament law in order to be a believer. 
And it was decided no. And there was a letter that went out from the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15 saying, just abstain from meat that's been sacrificed to idols. Don't drink blood. Stay away from sexual immorality. You don't have to go and mutilate your flesh to be approved by Jesus Christ. Jesus' flesh was already mutilated. He went through all of that on our behalf. And now we just enter in by faith. There's nothing more you need to do except believe. Many of you are thinking back to the book of James and thinking, James said without works, faith is dead. And that's true. But the faith instigates the works. The works are a byproduct of the faith. Even water baptism is something you do because you believe. It's a sign to show that you have received forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Which of you have children? Your children were born to you, or maybe you adopted them. Either way, there's nothing they could do to stop being your children. They don't perform in order to keep your love. You love them because they're yours. And so it is with the kingdom of heaven. We receive it by grace because of our faith, just like Abraham did. Abraham believed the gospel before the gospel had happened because he trusted God and his trust was credited to him as righteousness. This is what the book of Galatians is all about. Who has bewitched you, O oh, foolish Galatians? Don't you remember the gospel? Just like when the Holy Spirit fell on you and you began speaking in tongues and you had this irreplaceable joy like you had never experienced before, this freedom in your soul because God was moving in such a powerful way. What did you do to earn that? Having begun by the Spirit, when you experience those things, are you now going to be made perfect in the flesh? You didn't earn salvation through works, and you won't keep it through works either. But the works are a natural outflow to show that you really are born again into the family of God. Beginning in verse 11, Paul reminds them that he didn't learn this gospel from people. It's not something he read in a book or went away and learned in school. He met Jesus. He learned it directly from Jesus. It's just by faith, always by faith, only by faith. In verse 18, Paul writes that it was after three years that he went up to Jerusalem from the time that he met this Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road. And then in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, after 14 years, I went again to Jerusalem. So now he's been a believer for minimum 17 years, maybe even for more if he's not accounting for some of the other things he did in between these trips to Jerusalem. And he's going in part to confront some of the false teachings that have come through false believers who had infiltrated the church in order to spy on the freedom we have in Christ so as to find a way to enslave us, he says in chapter 2, verse 4. The enemy is always sending in false believers trying to infiltrate the ranks of the church. We will never truly know who are the sheep and who are the goats, who are the wheat, who are the tares, until the final harvest. 
So let's be careful whom we believe. Let's get our revelation straight from Jesus the way Paul did. Only we have the written word of God. Let's let's read the word and trust Jesus to reveal himself to us in it and through it and by it so that our faith will not depend on other people whom as much as we want to trust, we have to be careful. In verse 11 of chapter 2, mentions Peter coming to Antioch and how he had to confront Peter in front of the other believers for his hypocrisy. Peter, you act one way when the Jews aren't around, and now when the Jews are around, you act a different way, and you want to separate yourself from the Gentiles. Don't be a hypocrite. And I mentioned the timeline of 17 plus years because it's important to know these guys were mature believers. They had been teaching for decades, and yet they still made mistakes. Even Barnabas was led astray. Even the most mature believers must be on guard at all times. There's also a distinction that's made between the false teachers, the false brothers who infiltrate the ranks of the church, and then good guys like Peter and Barnabas who just made mistakes. How careful we must be when we make a determination on who's with us and who's not. In chapter 2, verse 20, Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We must continually remind ourselves who is living. This is what it means to pick up our cross and follow him. We lay down our life. We fast so as to starve this flesh, to weaken it to make the spirit man more alive, where Jesus has more control, he has more say, his voice becomes louder as the flesh becomes weaker. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Friends, if Christ was living in all of us and had supremacy in all of us because we have given it to him, there would be no divisions in the church all be doing different things, operating in our different giftings with our different personality styles, and we would all be advancing the kingdom and maintaining the kingdom, but it would never be head-to-head disagreement, arguing with one another, putting each other down, judging one another with an unrighteous judgment. No, the kingdom of heaven would be advancing quite forcefully The church would be united as Jesus prayed for it to be. God would receive so much more glory as we minister to him in that way. One of the greatest challenges we as believers have is remembering every moment of every day that we no longer live. It is Christ living in us. It's been said one of the challenges of a living sacrifice is that it keeps crawling off of the altar. And we are called to be living sacrifices, Paul writes in Romans 12. He didn't call us to a life of ease. He called us to a life of sacrifice. We are certainly not to seek the physical adornment and treasure and pleasure, but we are to seek first his kingdom and allow him to add all of those things to us. In chapter 3, Paul again focuses on how we are justified by our faith. The word justified means to be declared not guilty. It's like a court case where the judge looks at you and after listening to the rap sheet of every lie you've told and every lustful thought that's ever crossed your mind, 
all of the times you did, said, felt, or thought things that you knew were wrong, times that you acted on it, things you've stolen, things you've lied about and you've never been caught, things you've done that nobody's ever seen. God knows you're guilty. We all are. Most likely I am much more guilty than any of you. But as we read in James, if you're guilty of one portion of the law, you're guilty of it all. It doesn't matter if you're a thousand times better than I am. If you've ever sinned once, you're just as guilty. And there's no earning your way back to God. There's no fence for your guilt apart from the sacrifice that he provided, which was his son, Jesus Christ, whose blood was shed for us that we might have life in him. Oh, the love of God who loves you so much that he gave his one and only son to die in your place so that if you just believe in him, you can have eternal life. And all of your sins are washed away and separated from you as far as the east is from the west. That's what it is to be justified. And there's only one way for that to happen. It's by faith. The law has a purpose. It's a witness against us. It's a blueprint. This is how you are supposed to live. But none of us were able to do it. But none of us were able to fulfill it. None of us could live it out the way it was intended. And so it becomes a witness against us. Enter Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. All praise to him. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. We'll see you tomorrow. And for those of you who are interested, I do have a real estate business helping people buy and sell. So if you have any real estate needs whatsoever, I would love the opportunity to work with you, to help you, to serve you. And if you're a real estate professional thinking about joining a fast growing team currently in 16 states going international, we at Call It Closed International Realty would love to partner with you. Reach out to me through agentdaviddoty.com. Thank you so much for your consideration.